welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, May 18th, 2022, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And today we are so grateful to be joined by a familiar voice to the Defender podcast, and that's the voice of Lynn Beckett. And Lynn has served for many years on the team here at Lifeline. She has served in many different capacities and many different roles. Uh, She is a wonderful resource to our families. Uh, She is a wonderful resource, especially to our families in something we call parent coaching. Uh, Lynn is a TBRI uh, practitioner. She was one of the first from our team to be able to get that. And she has done so many different things and used that in so many different ways to help families. And and I bet if you are a family that has adopted through Lifeline and you are listening to the Defender podcast, you have either had the honor of getting to work with Lynn or getting to talk to Lynn, or you at least have dreamed of that honor to be able to talk to her. And so we just want to talk a little bit about how to prepare our families and how to prepare, especially our children who have come into our home through foster care or adoption for the summer, knowing that summer can can actually upset uh, the schedule and the routine that our children have. What are some things that we can do to prepare them for that? And really what you're going to get today on the Defender podcast is a little bit of parent coaching and what you could experience through parent coaching of of needing helps and and needing ways to get your kids ready for the summer. So before I bring on Dr. Rick and Lynn, I wanna remind you about the Defender Bible Study. The Defender Bible Study is actually a separate podcast uh, and it's another free weekly resource for you. It's led by a Lifeline staff member and our team actually records these podcasts after teaching the same content and, and going through the same content with our staff at our Monday morning Bible study and prayer. So you get to listen in, in a sense, to what our team is getting to hear on Monday mornings. We're studying an in-depth study, either of a portion of scripture, uh, books of the Bible. We've gone through books such as Acts and, and Romans, uh, but we also look through books like Plain Theology for Plain People or or, uh, other books like uh, Explicit Gospel by Matt Chandler. See our show notes or listen wherever you find podcasts to get more information on the Defender Bible Study. Well, as always, this is the time that people look forward to when they get to hear that deep baritone radio voice of Dr. Rick. Uh, Obviously, uh, he is much sought after. He is the superstar here at Lifeline. And Dr. Rick, we are just so grateful that we get to hear from you today. Tell us a little bit more about what we can expect today from Lynn. Well, I'm really excited because we're getting to talk to Lynn. And uh, and, and so one of the, you know, Herbie, one of the fun parts about my job here is uh, that I get to work with people like Lynn. And, uh, and over the last several years, we've really gotten to work a lot more closely. And uh, as parent coaching has um, become like that was not a thing, you know, a few years ago here. And so uh, this is a this is a kind of a new avenue for us that we've pioneered and and Lynn's really let out in that effort. And so I'm, I'm just hugely appreciative, uh, Lynn, for you and for um, your expertise, but for your friendship and 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 just the way that you um, 
really reflect um, the Lord's goodness and the Lord's kindness in the way that you serve families. And I can testify to the fact that some of the things that we're even going to talk about on this podcast, um, you and I've had conversations sitting around in the office about these things because these are real. These are these are considerations that we all are walking through and and things that are, you know, that are a part of um, a part of the life of a family who are, um, you know, living with kids that have, have come from a hard place. And and so, first of all, Lynn, thank you for um, for being here. And uh, we're we're just um, we're just glad to have you today. Thank you so much. And I um, really appreciate the support that Lifeline has given me as as uh, we've gone into this parent coaching and uh, we are exploring together. This is a journey that we are all learning and exploring together. We know that every child is unique and different and every family is unique and different. And so, um, you know, we have to work through issues and principles and guidelines and how do they apply to each parent's unique situation, each family's unique situation. So I appreciate all the support um, that you all have given me and delving into those resources to bring to the table to help families. I'm going to start and and kind of a little bit of a thought this several weeks ago when um, I'm kind of a, you know, I love golf. And and for those of us that are golfers, a lot of us, the masters is like the that's kind of the pinnacle. That's the thing we sort of look forward to. And so, um, you know, over the weekend before Easter, we were all glued to the television watching. And one of the things that that struck me in um, in watching that was watching Scotty Scheffler, who who won the Masters, get ready, and and realizing that his coach, his personal swing coach, was with him every step of the way until he stepped onto the golf course. And so here's a guy who is incredibly accomplished, and you know is at playing at the highest levels of his of his sport, and and yet um, and yet he's receiving coaching. And I, I remember kind of watching that and laughing thinking about it because I was like, that's, that's kind of a whole lot like parent coaching at Lifeline that we, you know, what we've, what we've sought to, to bring together and what we've sought to create is, is something to help all of us where, because we, because we forget and, you know, our families grow and our kids grow and change through stages of life. And so to be reminded of those things that, that we should be doing and, and that we can be doing in order to, you know, really have um, a great sense of harmony in our home and, and to, you know, to have that relational space in order to be able to disciple our kids with the complexity of our families is just part of the, you know, part of the reality. And so just really thankful that the Lord's given us the opportunity to be able to open this door. Now, one of the things we know, and so Lynn, I'm, I'm rounding the corner on a question. So one of the things we know is that, that kid, kids that come from a hard place um, thrive on structure. That structure is a part of something that we all kind of have to build into our families. And, you know, and, but there's this terror moment, I think, that happens for a lot of us when, when, we, when we start rounding the corner towards summer that um, that we know we need structure, but we're about to enter probably the most unstructured three months of our lives. And, and so I'd love to just kind of hear you talk a little bit about how to create structure and and predictability in the summer without um, sacrificing being able to 
relax and recharge and and get the benefit of not being in school and kind of having all of those time commitments. And, and so I think I, personally, I'll just say we, you know, we still um, kind of, you know, struggle to get in the rhythm when we make that change of, of kind of knowing how to balance between one or the other. And so what, what advice would you give to families um, as they're anticipating the end of the school year? Right. Absolutely. I think back to uh, my childhood and summer was fun, right? It was, uh, I grew up in the 60s, so I was a free range kid. You know, I'd leave the house in the morning and not show up until dinner time. Um, but that's not what can happen for our children. They do need that structure and predictability that you're talking about. So even now, we're in April, parents um, can begin to be thinking through and be proactive and making plans to provide that. For those who are newly home with their children, maybe this is the first summer they're facing with that child. Um, this is a time to uh, keep things simple. Uh, this may be a time that we have a staycation, that we don't um, go on a big trip so that we can continue to be building that attachment that we've been working on. Many schools are now, because of COVID, offering um, summer schools, summer classes that can help children remediate. So if you're check in with your school system, what programs are they offering? Usually those are half day programs, which will give that um, structure and predictability. But then you have the afternoon for the fun times of swimming and biking and hiking and all those summer activities that we love and enjoy. If that is not an option for you, then maybe look into some day camps. Um, again, day camps are usually half days. Um, overnight camp is not a good idea for our children who are newly home uh, because that tends to mimic an orphanage setting. Sometimes children feel like you're sending them away and that may feel a bit like abandonment early in those first few years home. Uh, but a day camp would be great because, again, it provides that schedule, that rhythm, that routine, that predictability. The other thing that these programs do and that school does, especially for our most challenging children, is that it gives mom and dad a break during the day. For many moms, they may be in panic mode even now thinking that, oh my goodness, I'm going to be with my child 24 seven and I'm not gonna have that break during the day. And that's really tough because those breaks during the day is what allows mom to catch a breath, to recharge. Um, so I really want to encourage moms if they're feeling a bit panicked to look into these programs. If that's not available, another option is college students will be coming home. They may need some part-time jobs. Even a mature high school student uh, would be a great um, resource to pull in and maybe have them come into your home from nine to 12 um, to provide structure, routine, um, run interference with your children, do some fun things um, to give you a break, mom, during the day. So there's lots of creative things that we can do if we act proactively, if we don't get caught off guard um, by not planning ahead with some of those things.
Well, I'll, I'll jump in and continue Dr. Rick's uh, analogy of golf. Uh, he opened up Pandora's box there. So going back to the Masters, for those who didn't, you know, the one thing that all golfers have is they have a caddy. And that caddy is helping them make club selection. That caddy is helping them determine, you know, okay, here's the length. Uh, one thing, again, using Scotty Scheffler is he's a relatively new pro golfer. Um, and he's just found himself as the number one golfer in the world. And he was one of very few that were the number one golfer in the world going into the last day of Augusta. And you look at kind of that in a different way. For a lot of families, Lynn, this is their first summer, maybe that a child has just come into their home, or maybe a new child has come into their home that's unfamiliar with their family. And so they've got new territory. Kind of be their caddy for a moment and help them think through decisions they may make for the summer or, or if there anything they should be considering before just diving in to kind of the fun of the summer. Right. So uh, we've talked about predictability, having that rhythm of the day. Um, you know, one of the things I love to do when I was a kid was sleep in. We didn't have to jump up and get ready for school. So we don't want summer to be so rigid, but we do want to maintain a rhythm of the day. So we want to have a time to wake. We want to make sure we're eat, eating lunch on a regular um, schedule, that we're having dinner in the evenings on a regular schedule. The other thing is that we want to make sure that we're maintaining what we call a sensory rich schedule. So we can be very proactive in preventing meltdowns and tantrums just by meeting the physical needs of our child, making sure that they have good hydration every two hours. Dehydration has been linked to aggression, making sure they have a good protein snack to keep that blood sugar level. We definitely automatically in summer are going to be doing activities that use those big muscle groups, swimming and running and jumping and swinging and biking and hiking. But that can sometimes even overstimulate our children and tip them into a spiral of exhaustion. So we want to make sure that we're offering in the midst of the big fun activity, some good calming time of rest and calming down, um, doing some deep breathing, maybe doing some yoga moves to kind of get our children back regulated so that they're not overstimulated. So predictability, schedules, sensory rich activities. I mentioned already that we um, may not want to make that trip uh, to Disney World uh, the first summer our children are home or taking that three-week camping trip across country. Um, first summer home, we want to keep things pretty um, calm. It may be that we buy passes to some local events like the Children's Museum or the zoo or the local pool. And then that way uh, we can leave without feeling like we've wasted money um, if we are noting that our child is beginning to get overregulated or overstimulated, or this is just a little bit too much. So it may be that we go to the zoo for an hour and we watch the hippos while we eat lunch. And it may be that's the capacity that our child can handle one hour at the zoo and we can leave and go home. Um, so those would be some things. The other thing, Herbie, that I think about is some really fun things that happen during the summer. One thing that comes to mind is 4th of July. Is that not the best? 
ice cream and picnics and fireworks. But within that, there's a lot of new for our children that they may not have experienced. You know, the exciting fireworks that we love to see with the boom and the lighting and the explosions could be quite frightening for our children. So taking into account, what is my child's capacity? What can my child handle? It may be that we have plan A and plan B so that um, we take two cars to events like that, so that if our child is overwhelmed, then one parent can leave with the child while the rest of the family stays and enjoys the event. Another thing is those summer family reunions, right? So that's great fun to reconnect with all of our relatives, but for a child newly home, these are strangers, and Aunt Nita's big old bear hug uh, may be quite triggering for our children. So being aware of those kinds of events, maybe this summer we need to take a pass on that trip to the family reunion. So just keeping those things in mind, thinking about what is my child's capacity and what really is in the best interest of my child to help them maintain stability um, and regulation. Yeah, Lynn, I I think, Herbie and I would both agree that family reunions trigger us as well. So that's lots of lots of cheek pinchers and people around there that can be challenging. And, I, you know, even as I was listening to to, um, you know, to you kind of run down that list, um, like I bear in my body the scars of a Disney World trip too early. And, and so I would again, I like echo on so many levels, like don't you don't have to make up for everything all at once. And, and I think that's a, you know, that's a, that's just a great truism. If you don't believe that, call me, email me, we'll talk in more detail. I don't feel like I should share it all publicly, but it was, it was not, it was not the best moment of, of this dad. So um, I remember standing in the middle of Epcot at a point and looking at my family and saying, people, this is the happiest place on earth. And I'm going to need some people to get happy right now. Um, (laughs) And so not not a fine moment at all. Um, you know, Lynn, one, one other thing, I think um, just to put it kind of throw an editorial comment in as well. I think parenting older kids now um, where school is still a reality for us is there is there is one more thing that I think we've added to our arsenal that I would say to other parents. And that's a summer job. Um one of the ways that we can create structure and create predictability is by, you know, by helping our kiddos to begin to make that transition and to get a summer job. Um, and and I think also I would say look for the resources in your community. So there are likely organizations that help to employ kids with special needs and kids that need a little bit of extra help at work and, uh, you know, and, and even vocational guidance programs that are helping to build toward the, the outcomes that we, you know, of course, want to see in the lives of our kids. And and I think doing a little bit of homework in advance of that um, is has been a huge, huge blessing for our family because the structure that we've struggled to provide in some ways, we've been able to, you know, we've been able to rely on, a, you know, three, four hours a day for a job to to create that. And it, and it actually is doing something to build work ethic and to give them dignity and 
you know, there's just a there's just a lot to to be said for that. So that that is a great word, Rick. Um, you know, our goal as parents in this role of discipleship, Luke two fifty two tells us that um, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And so our goal as parents is to build wisdom and skills within our children for our children. Um, and it may even be something as simple as I know. Um, a family across the street from us, the dad came to us um, when his son was about 13 and said, hey, can my child begin cutting your grass? Um, I want him to begin to learn the responsibility of good work ethic. And um, so we were his first lawn care customer and uh, my husband mentored and his dad mentored him in what is doing a good job in cutting grass. So it could be even something as simple as that. So that's a great, great idea. And I think sometimes, you know, also in in this weird soup that we swim in with our kids is that sometimes having that significant other adult be involved is really helpful because, you know, I mean, all of a lot of us have the experience of the fact that our kids, they're, you know, they're their most difficult moments happen at home. They don't happen at school. They don't happen other places. They're generally you know, kind of better for other people. And we, you know, we know the reasons why, and we know all those things are not healthy, but there are some healthy ways, I think, to, to play on that. So, so Lynn, I'm going to extend the golf analogy just even a little bit further and say that the thing that scares me to death on a golf course more than anything else are the water hazards. And the biggest water hazard that I can think of as an adoptive family is the neighborhood pool. <laughs> right. Because because it's one of those things that, that all of our kids love. And and but they're they're going to be those days where because we've tried to put structure into our family that, you know, Wednesday is pool day and we've built our week around pool day and it's either raining or we have something else we have to do on Wednesday or whatever. And so some Wednesday is going to end up not being pool day. Um, and, and that's when it becomes a water hazard, right? Because there's, we know there's a meltdown coming um, when, when we have to change that sense of predictability. And so what do you do when the pool's a no-go and plans change and, and you're either on the precipice of or in the middle of a meltdown? Right. And, um, you know, there are things that are outside of control. There are things that do come up that are unpredictable, that cause us to have to change our plans. And um, that is really hard for many of our children to handle that disappointment. So one of my little mantras is that we always um, connect with feeling before fact. So I know as I was a parent before I learned how to be um, more relational in my parenting skills, I would have gone straight to fact. Uh, The pool is closed today. It's raining. uh, Get over it. Go play with some puzzles. You know, that would have been kind of my go to. But when we talk about trust based relational intervention, as we connect in a relational way, we want to connect with the feeling that that child may be having. And we may need to sit with that child in the moment of disappointment, of discouragement, of despair. Um, And man, it's really, really hard uh, to change our plans. Boy, 
it is so much fun. You have so much fun playing in the pool and you're becoming a really great swimmer, you know, connecting with those emotions and feelings um, before we move directly into um, these statements of um, that we may feel like we want to give them of kind of just just get over it. So we also want to make sure that we're proactive so that we have some plan B's and um, helping our children kind of understand that sometimes there is plan A and sometimes there's plan B. And today is a plan B day. Um, and so it, it may be that we need to have some items in our home where we can quickly set up some things that can be done in the house to um, use those big muscles that we've talked about. It may be um, a mini tramp and a big refrigerator box um, or an old mattress on the floor in the garage where we can get some big muscle movement out. Um, it may even be something like baking bread, where we can do some good proprioceptive squeezing and kneading the dough of the bread that helps to get out some um, muscle activity that can bring calming. So having a plan A and a plan B, introducing the idea of the wild card or the plan B before we have to actually use it, you know, that sometimes plans do shift and do change. And how are we going to handle that? And then seeing it as an opportunity to build a skill into our child of learning how to navigate change. And boy, giving lots of high fives at the end of the day uh, when our children navigate that well. Well, <clears throat> I hate to continue the analogy of golf, but I think it really does fit here. And Dr. Rick started something, and, and Lynn, you will attest too, Usually it's moms that reach out for help quicker than it is dads. And so hopefully even by using this analogy of, of golf, we help maybe some men who also love golf understand why they need help and why they need to reach out for parent coaching or for counseling. But, you know, again, going through a golf course, you know, you make an errant shot. And, and again, I go back to Scotty Scheffler and uh, he made an errant shot on Saturday and it sailed into the woods, into the rough, and he had to take a, uh, a two- uh, club length penalty st stroke uh, in order to get there. And, you know, one of the things that, that if you were watching the Masters, he seemed cool and collected. But I've seen Dr. Rick play golf, and he gets a little cranky when he makes those shots. Uh, and I know it's it can be a cranky time when you get into the, the, the sand trap or you make an errant shot and the golf game. And that's life, right? Because things don't always go straight. They don't always the, go the way we want them to go. And, and for our kids who really have a hard time regulating themselves when things aren't going straight or, or the way they want to go, they can sometimes get cranky, um, maybe because even there's a lack of energy from all the balls that are getting scattered and all the different changes of plans. What can help a family really be able to help their child regulate when they do become cranky or um or they just have more energy than we do. Right. Um, well, for, for the child that um, seems to have that low energy, you know, there are, we do need to give our children time of rest. Um, even talking with one mom this week, um, she has observed that her child just requires more rest. 
and is even taking naps when they get home from school. And this is an older child that we're talking about. Parents um, really are their best um, their best expert on their child. So a parent being aware of um, where does my child do well um, and where does my child struggle? So you guys have been using the masters as an analogy, so I'm going to pick up and go with it. We know that those golfers came in with an amazing capacity that came in with knowledge and skill and ability. But there were some things working against them, right? Uh, the the, the uh, course was extremely soggy because we had had some incredible rain sweep through our area prior to the tournament. Uh, the winds were going nuts. So sometimes, even if our kids have the capacity to do well, sometimes those environmental things can help set them up sometimes for difficulties. So a parent being aware of that um, and beginning to extend grace and understanding. And for parents to also extend grace and understanding uh, for themselves. You know, we talk about these TBRI principles and practicing and utilizing this, but we're not going to get it right. 100% of the time. Some of those golfers landed in the sand pit, right? The sand traps. So, um, you know, we um, go to God. We pray for wisdom. We pray for grace. We take a breath. And when we're in the sand trap or when we're in the rough, uh, we say, thank you, Lord. This is an opportunity, again, for us to connect with our child to take a moment and think through how can I um, provide insight? How can I, my child and I problem solve together to get out of the rough, to get out of the sand trap so that can we keep moving down the course? Okay, Lynn, we're, we're getting close on time, but I, but I do want to address one last thing as, as we finish. And, um, it, it kind of, to continue today's analogy, it's a little bit like my golf game, right? Um, that, that line from Tale of Two Cities, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. And part of the worst of times in our house are the sibling rivalry, sibling arguing, you know, kids that are, that are raising the emotional temperature in the house. And so, uh, you know, any, any quick advice on we've spent the entire summer together and it degrades over time, right? Like we're, we're glad to see each other the first week of summer. Um, we are ready to go back to school and go to our neutral corners by the time, you know, summer's over. So how do we, how do we combat that, you know, kind of too much togetherness? Right, right. Um, and, um, and then mom feels like at the end of the summer, all she's done has been the referee, right? So again, going back to the thought of discipleship, our goal is to help provide skills. And so when our kids enter into conflict, uh, what are those lagging skills that they have? What do they need to learn? Do they need to learn negotiation? Do they need to learn how to um, take a back seat? So parents entering into those situations can um, do some simple things once, 
One, parents need to calm themselves before they enter into that situation. I know I remember when I would hear my kids fighting and squabbling, there were a lot of toxic thoughts that came into my head like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they're doing this again. Or have I seriously got to do deal with this and help them through this again? How many times do I need to tell them fill in the blank? So we need to get rid of our toxic thoughts before we enter into those situations as we begin to help our children learn how to resolve their own disputes and their own relationships, right? So it may be coming in and saying, wow, things are getting a little crazy in here right now. Do you guys need to take a break? Or can you solve this yourselves or do you need my help? Um, and then beginning to help them. This sounds like you're rewarding the child, but it may be, again, going back to our sensory rich schedule, it may be a while since they've hydrated or had a snack. And so helping them take a break, let's get a snack, let's get a, a beverage. And then once we're calm, then our brains are in good places where we can work toward um, resolving our conflicts. How do you think your sister felt when that happened? How do you think your brother felt? Wow, you know, God has given you a really good gift of language, but sometimes you use your words in hurtful ways. What can we do to make this right? And beginning to walk the child through a problem-solving, skill-learning-based solution so that they're gaining and growing and learning to resolve their own issues and relationships so that you can work yourself out of the job of being a referee. We do have a more extensive um, uh, webinar on resolving sibling conflict that's on our website uh, that goes into more detail about how to walk through this process with your kids. And for all of you who have been listening to this, maybe in the car or at the gym, or just along the way, I want you to know that all of these resources that Lynn has talked about will be in our show notes. And there will also be some other links to some connecting points on travel and sleep and play. And you can find that all in the show notes wherever you have found this podcast. So if you weren't able to jot down those notes or you weren't able to think through or, or make those notes, all, you could always go back to the show notes. And, you know, as we close today, uh, you know, I think about, again, the masters and, you know, when golfers compete in these major tournaments, they do it to get a prize for the masters. It's a green jacket. And while that green jacket is, is privileged, ultimately it's going to get into a closet. It's going to become threadbare and it's going to go away. But when we are doing these things and practicing these things and putting these disciplines into context for our children, we're not just trying to get our children to behave or getting our children to regulate. Ultimately, we're looking to reach the heart of our child for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is a prize that will not ever fade. It will not be destroyed. It will last. It is unperishable. And so in closing today, I'm reminded of what Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. And so in this way, if we're going to reach the heart of our child, we've got to have self-control ourselves. We've got to get help. We've got to practice. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. 
And so families know this, you do not box or run aimlessly beating the air, but you discipline your body and keep it under control, ultimately, so that we will not be disqualified from preaching the gospel to our children, because we want them to know the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that will truly change their lives. See us again next week for the Defender Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.